Okay, I'm ready. You guys ready? Cool. Let's rock and roll. Hey, I'm Andrew. This is the Nerve Podcast, and thanks for joining me on this episode. In this week's episode, I talk to Adhish from Royal Enfield Tour South Africa. He tells us more about Retza and what they have to offer. So welcome to guest episode number three. And before I jump into this week's episode, I thought I would just do some housekeeping. First of all, I wanted to say thank you very much to the guys that have been downloading the podcast so far. I really appreciate your support. As you know, the episodes are coming out every second week. In the last two episodes, I haven't really spoken about how one can support the podcast. And the first thing I would like to ask is for people to subscribe so that they get to know when the latest episode has been released. The other thing I would like to ask is, if you really enjoy this podcast, you could share it with your friends. The next thing that I would uh, suggest is, uh, is maybe engaging with me. You can comment on the podcast website now. I've activated the comments. So if you want to leave a comment about a particular episode or the episodes in general, please do so on the website there. And to get there, you go to nerve.fireside.fm and select the episode that you would like to comment on. The other way that you could um, engage with me is to drop me a direct message on Instagram. The handle that you should look for is NervaparelSA and you can send me a message there. Another way that you can support the podcast, and this is um, how I'm hoping to fund the podcast. In other words, cover the costs of producing the podcast. And that is to buy a t-shirt. So my idea is to release a episode themed t-shirt for each podcast episode. Um, I haven't done that so far, but the first one, the first episode that will have a t-shirt is this particular episode. So if you would like to contribute, I would ask you to go across to our Facebook page and buy a shirt via the store there. So to get there, you would have to go to Facebook forward slash nerve apparel SA, one word, no underscores or slashes or dashes. Um, and if you go there, there is an online shop where you can buy the apparel. If you are outside of South Africa, please contact me directly on Instagram or via the Facebook page. And I'll make a, an arrangement to get a t-shirt to you somehow. Now on to this week's episode. The first question I asked Adish was, where did the name Retza come from? Right, Retza. Uh, quite simple actually, Royal Enfield Touring, ZA, South Africa. So... It's, uh, I looked around and originally the Royal Enfield uh, name is copyrighted, so we weren't allowed to use Royal Enfield per se. And so well, how do we get creative about, creative about this? And a lot of our tours are off-road, so you normally buy the, your little ZA sticker that you stick on, and I was like, well, there you go, Bob's your uncle, right, sir? That's great. So, and then uh, a couple of people that involved, I mean, you got, so you got a, a registered tour guide and... Okay, so we actually have a pool of registered tour guides. So I'm a registered tour guide myself. There's three business partners. There's myself, 
there's uh, Alexa, who's based out in Mumbai. She's German, but she's lived out there for over a decade now. And she knows Royal Enfield. Royal Enfield was like the heartbeat of India. So she knows Royal Enfield's inside out. And then there's uh, one of my closest and dearest friends, Aubrey Hoffman. He's uh, the third business partner. And he knows every back road in the whole of Southern Africa, like the back of his hand. So it made perfect sense. The three of us came together and yeah, we, we started this. Well, that's great. And uh, I was the next question was why Royal Enfield? But Okay, so let me tell you my story. <laughs> so I got my license, my learner's license in uh, for motorcycle of, it was over a decade ago, and I never used it. I did my lessons, I did the whole thing, and I just I didn't have any interest. Literally a decade later, 10 years to the day, I woke up one morning with a, with a bee in my bonnet, I wanted to go get my license again. So I did it, and I went out and, please don't judge me, I went and bought a Harley, uh, NA3 Sportster, the only Harley I will own, love it. I've always loved it, but that's all I'm saying about that. And um, one of the main drivers was that I wanted to actually ride up in the Himalayas. And so managed to organize it, uh, get onto a tour, and jumped, jumped on a plane, headed out there. And I was presented with this bike. And it looked like it was something straight out of the 1950s, sexy as hell, but straight out of the 1950s, absolutely basic. The only things they told me that were new were it's now fuel injected instead of carbureted, and it's got a brake disc on the front. I was like, okay, cool. And this little bike took me up to the highest motorable road in the world, um, which is about five and five and a half thousand, five thousand six hundred meters above sea level and it didn't skip a beat. And I just fell in love with it. Yeah, that's amazing. And I mean, you know, just talking about Royal Enfield, the guys often, you know, make the comment that it's, I mean, it's a British bike, but it's made in India. And there's like almost like a connotation there because it's made in India. But I mean, then you gotta remind people that, listen, these guys are taking these bikes up to where you say they were taking them, just to the test of time in my opinion. No, exactly, and I mean, there's a joke in India that you can literally find an infield mechanic behind every bush, and you you can, um, which is why it's so popular. Mm. But also the thing is, it's it's referred to as the the dug 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 sound that it makes is called the heartbeat of India. Yeah, okay. and that's interesting. To give you an idea, um, and I please forgive me if I misquoted, but Royal Enfield is so sold more. Uh, motorcycles in the last year in India only, then Harley Davidson has sold worldwide ever. Wow. So it gives you an idea of the, mm. the amount of consumers you've got out there. Yeah, and I think the thing was in India, there's a maximum capacity. Well, they might have removed it now, but there was a maximum capacity of only 500 cc's and at one time. So, like the other guys, like the Harleys and the BMs and all that, couldn't actually enter that market because they didn't really have bikes in that sector and then you've got the guys riding the 125s etc etc and this was almost like the the ultimate bike to own at 500 cc's because i mean they've also got the 350 but the 500s were so yeah and, and it, it used to be but now um they've just launched the um, 650 interceptor um 
Harley Davidson does have a have a place there for mm. uh, obviously the riot, the the passionate riders. You've got the Triumph guys and things, but Royal Enfield, it's a, there's an emotional attachment. Mm. Uh, I always say it's a fun little bike, and that's the whole thing. You know, I use the word little because 500cc isn't exactly that little, but it's, yeah. it's much smaller than your normal off-road bikes and things. But uh, Aubrey Tum, the uh, he coined the phrase the the infield smile, and it's literally you can put anybody on one of these bikes, tell them to go around the block and come back, and they've mm. got this white grin on their face, and you know, it's, it's there's just there's an excitement, there's an adventure. Yeah. No, it's a very easy bike to ride. I, well, I find it a very easy bike to ride in comparison to other bikes. I mean, if you're a new um, motorcyclist and you just want to get into it and you want to buy a bike that you're not going to outgrow too quickly, I think it's an ideal bike because, like you say, it's, it's comfortable to ride. It's 500cc. It doesn't have oodles of power for the capacity, but um, it's got the torque it's got the it's got the character. It's got the exhaust notes, and like you say, it's got that nice heartbeat sound. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, also just to add to that, one of the things is it's got the the off road capability. Yes. Because what I what I noticed when I was riding previously is I'd go down the highway, and it's all nice and comfortable, and then you see a little dirt road going off, and you go, I wonder where that goes. And I found on these, you can go, well, let's go find out. You know, and you're not going to be, I mean, it's not a GS, you're not going to be riding at 140 kilometers per hour. You're going to be mm. doing probably about 70, 60 or 70. But you can go wherever, you know, it's, it'll just keep going. That's the beauty of it. That's great. And I mean, was that one of the reasons why you chose Royal Enfields? Or, I mean, it's your, your, your love for Royal Enfields that made you decide to choose those boxes, your bikes to run your tour company? Uh, totally. So the idea was obviously loving the look and feel of the bikes themselves. And then all, when we were up on the tour, I kept telling the guys, listen, this is beautiful, but South Africa is absolutely amazing. You need to come and ride. And they asked me, well, what shall we ride? So I got back and then got in touch with Enfield and, and they convinced me, well, why don't you take a couple and try them out and see what happens. And from there it grew naturally. And uh, yeah, it's, it's become, it's, it's our bike of choice. Purely because they, as you say, they're nice light bikes. They're simple; not a lot gives up on them. If they do, it's quite easy to figure out and fix it, like on the on the fly. Um, but as I said, it's it's that fun factor and the fact that it will keep going. So, like I mentioned, our tours, our especially our longer tours, eighty percent of the tours are off road. Okay, well that's that's great to know. And you don't have to change tires. You don't have. To, it's pretty much stock standard as it comes. That's what you're riding with, and it's absolutely comfortable. Yeah, that's great. So you're offering guys can come and rent the bikes for a day. You can come do a day ride, and you can also you, you say you've got the longer tour. So just maybe just tell us a little bit more about those. Okay, cool. So let me break it down. So 100% correct. So the first one is we do daily rentals. Um, we try to we try to come in a bit cheaper than the rest of the guys. So we pitch it about 850 rand a day. Which, if you look at your normal rentals, is about 1,200 sort of entry level type of thing. Um, and the idea behind it is we wanted to be an affordable rental. Um, mm. Where, especially down in the Cape, you want to take a ride up around Chapman's Peak, you want to take a ride down to the Winelands, you don't want to pay an arm and a leg to do that. Um, so that's the first entry level. The second one is we offer one day tours. Uh, like I said, we've got a, a pool of tour guides. And uh, so we supply you with a guide 
and um, you, it's a self-ride tour, but you obviously you can uh, ride as a pillion as well, or you can ride as your, yourself and a friend as a pillion. And yeah, that one we charge uh, 2,250 Rand per person. But that includes your bike, your petrol, obviously the tour guide, and a normal route for that is for the more touristy, tourist inclined people, uh, head down towards the peninsula, uh, around the peninsula, Cape Point, and then obviously you have to finish off Chapman's Peak, mm. uh, stop for a bite to eat somewhere around Hout Bay, and then head back up. For those who have already done the tourist side and want to do something different, we normally take them out towards the Winelands, head up places like Hell's Hoogte, and then come around Theobarks' Kloof, that type of area. So yeah, the guys thoroughly enjoy the, the one-day tours, especially people who come to Cape Town and go, okay, I've done all the normal stuff. What else can I do that's really exciting? Yeah. Then the, the three-day tours, we normally do on an ad hoc basis. So I just had lovely ladies from Singapore that did a ride with one of my guides so obviously we supply a guide we organize the accommodation and things they rode out to Franschhoek and then from Franschhoek they went on to Hermanus uh, they managed to squeeze in a shark cage dive while they were there then they came back around the peninsula um, so but we can tailor those for whatever the requirements are the 10-day tours um, they are sort of our flagship tours so they head out all the way down to um, Stanford, Elam, down to Cape Agulhas. Then you go inland a bit into, into the Karoo. Uh, we stop in places like Swellendam, Barrydale, hit the famous R62. Oh, oh, yeah, you know, out to Oatswaran, even here, uh, heading down to Neisner, if you like, and then come all the way back around. So normally we, we set a limit of, or we set a, a requirement of at least eight riders so you could join a tour or you could if you got a group of friends but the whole idea is again it's about enjoying the scenery enjoying the ride it's not this high paced sort of fast riding uh, 80 percent as i mentioned are off-road we do fun stuff like we go across the the pond in malchas on the hand-drawn ferry okay. you know that type of th that type of stuff so yeah so those are basically our offerings that's great. And how long how long you been running now? So we've been running the business. Sure, I think we started off in um, twenty sixteen, and we've just grown from strength to strength. We've got a lot of foreign clients now coming in doing rides, but uh, we'd like we'd like a lot of locals to come in and try the bikes sure. out. So, so most of your customers now have been overseas tourists, or yeah, so predominantly overseas tourists. But for the rentals and uh, for the rentals especially, we get a lot of locals also coming in. Okay, well, that's great. Yeah, that's so great. <laughs> so we look forward to lots and lots of your listeners coming and joining yeah, us. That's good. <laughs> yeah. So, and then um, just a question on the on so like when you're doing a tour and backup service and everything, if there's something wrong on the bike. So, if there are any problems with the bike, we do have. Um, uh, on call in case they are an issue, somebody needs to go out and um, sort out on the bike. On the longer tours, we have a backup vehicle. We supply all the everything that's required. So mm. anyway, that was a yeah. nice, nice interruption. <laughs> I mean, some of your customers arriving back from the little hire there. I mean, you were mentioning to them about the about the sidecars and partnering up with 
um, Sidecar Rentals. Yep. Just tell us about that, just so people are aware of that. Yeah, so Cape Sidecar Tours, um, they've been instrumental in building up our business. Um, amazing, amazing guy, Tim, Tim Clark. He's, uh, he's been a mentor for us all along. And yeah, so what we decided to do is, especially for Overland Tours, but also if you get the shorter tours where you go, look, we want to take out a sidecar um, with somebody who doesn't ride themselves. We want to jump, you know, that type of experience. But you've also got riders in the group. We go, well, best of both worlds. Uh, the self-ride we do infields and the sidecars, obviously, we do the CJs. Yeah. And we take them out in a group. So yeah, That's great. Huh? Yeah. And, that, and uh, you know, when I was chatting to, um, to Paul yesterday, uh, I mean, that's the thing is it's about, you know, like I was saying to him, I've got this sort of abundance mentality. And it's about all of us helping one another to grow the community because the more people that are hiring bikes, organizing tours, riding, buying their own bikes and joining these events and all that kind of stuff, it's growing the industry. So that it just by growing the industry, there's more opportunity for everyone to, to, to be involved. And I mean, it's a nice... I don't know about you, but I love the lifestyle. I can't ever think of not riding motorcycles or hanging with my mates and grabbing breakfast and no, that kind of stuff. Exactly. And and what you were saying earlier, it's the it's to also break that stereotype of who bikers are, you know? Yeah. And the thing is, bikers come in every shape, colour, form, you name it. And they're also normally pretty chilled out people mm. um, who do amazing stuff, you know? And uh, I mean, the Toy Run is such a nice example. Yeah. Every bike club in the country pretty much gets involved, and um, bikers from across the entire um, province mm. got together. I had a couple of Royal Enfields also in there, a couple of my, my guys were riding in. And yeah, it's to almost say, hey, we're actually a fantastic community. Come and join us. Yeah. Come and chill yeah. with us. Yeah. And also, I mean, the DGR, I mean, did you guys take part in the DGR this year? And so we we're also part of the DGR, uh, did a bit of uh, a bit of fundraising as well, but also the, the ride, and we actually rode with a couple of infields and a couple of sidecars yeah. together. Okay, that's And great. we made our way yeah. slowly, slowly along, you know, <laughs> absolutely beautiful ride. Yeah. So, I mean, that's also a nice thing about the bikes. I mean, listen, first of all, I've got to say these bikes go very well at uh, sea level. Not as well as <laughs> my one on my fault. Also remember, you have a 2006 model yeah, carburetor. No, no. It's, a, it's much harder work than yeah. the new air fives. No, 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 absolutely. <coughs> but I mean, I've ridden the, the classics up there. Mm. They definitely go yeah. a lot better than you. But they still, they, it's not the kind of bike that you're going to get uh, drawn into that doing 200 k's an hour kind of thing. It's almost forces you just to ride leisurely, have a look at the view because I mean that's the whole thing about riding around in Cape Town is the view. And I mean so far I mean in terms of weather and all that kind of stuff I mean how, how's the weather affected some of your planned tours? I mean is it you haven't had any issues? See that's the beauty about bikers they're going to ride whether it's snowing whether it's raining it's yeah we've actually had no cancellations at all. Um, luckily though obviously uh, the weather has been pretty good uh, we don't go out when it's when it's torrential rain. It's yeah, just it's sure. a risk. We don't yeah, we don't want to take the risk um, on on the clients as well. You know, mm. don't put them at risk unnecessarily. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, but we normally run our our longer tours all the way up until about April or May because the weather's pretty good. 
Uh, and then obviously with Cape Town weather, it is pretty unpredictable. Yeah. Um, but you have these beautiful winter days. I mean, yeah. I do a lot of my riding down here in winter. Mm. Um, and yeah, so we end up doing a lot of a lot of rentals and things, especially during that time. Also, people coming in on one day tours. And yeah, if you if we need to move it out a day or two, type of thing, we normally try to be as flexible as possible. But uh, so far, the weatherman has been has been good to you. Been pretty good. So oh, that's good. I'm glad <laughs> to hear that. So that's good. You still got your Harley, or did you? No. So I actually sold my Harley. I traded it in for two Royal Enfields. Okay. Well, so, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just it made more sense, and then also, if I, you know, it's like. Uh, there's, there's a company I, I was chatting to recently that was talking about never never trust a, a thin chef. Like, yeah, you know? exactly. And exactly the same thing. If I don't believe in this brand, mm. uh, or if I don't show I, be, I believe in it, because I really do, I love these bikes. Yeah. You know, why would I be riding something else when I can ride an infield? Yeah, exactly. It excites yeah. me to jump on, a, on an infield and go for a ride. So mm. First time I saw slash heard the infield was when I was in, uh, I was in Bangalore in business back in 2006 and over the noise of all the other little you know, and the tuk-tuk and all that, I heard this thing coming in the distance there. I thought, what's that? What's that? <laughs> and I checked, there's this guy on this, on this infield and I thought, man, when I get back, at that time I didn't own a motorcycle. Uh, so I've got it. When I get back to South Africa, I need to find one of these, even if I ship it out from, from, from India. Uh, I mean, that was, so there was 2006, and then those guys were um, in 44 Stanley in, in Johannesburg. And that's when I went and I rode, rode one of them. And since I've ridden one of those, I said I have to have one. Fortunately, I, I, uh, uh, I found a, a BMW uh, that the, a friend of mine had that he wanted to offload, which I took over from him. So I, I put the Royal Enfield on, on, on the back burner for a while. But as I told you earlier on, I've, you know, got my got my infield now, so I'm happy, and I'm going to teach my daughters how to ride on that bike. So yeah, lovely. Yeah, I know it is a bike. I mean, we were out in in Kerala once, um, Alexa and myself, and we actually had to teach a couple of Americans how to ride okay. um, before we did a short short little tour type of thing. Obviously, we would never do that here. Mm. So, but uh, but yeah, it's a really easy bike to ride. Can I also mention you talking about India? Yes. That especially during uh, the off season here, the winter winter months, mm. uh, we organize rides out to India. Okay, well that's so great. So we have rides out in the Himalayas, we have rides out in Rajasthan, but we also have partnered with a couple of companies to do rides out in Nepal, in Sri Lanka, and so on. Okay, well that's so, good. So yeah, because I saw on your website you is it uh, what's that? Is it retro rides or something? Like uh, vintage, you, vintage vintage rides. rides correct. You, correct. So tell us about that. So, is that. so we've got a partnership with Vintage Rides where they come out and they ride with us okay. um, and vice versa. So they do everywhere from, um, from India, from New Delhi, um, all the way out to Mongolia. So, and they, they also, they love Royal Enfields. They ride Royal Enfields wherever mm -hmm. they are. And so we've gone into a partnership where we want to take South African riders out there. Yeah. You know, we want to take them up and experience the things that we've experienced, experience those rides. Mm. And also realize it doesn't have to cost you cost you your firstborn child to go on exactly, a really yeah. good ride. Because I mean that's that's the Himalayan trip is actually uh, a good value for money trip. 
for what you're getting. Because I, I was chatting some some guys a couple of months ago that had just done it. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> and I mean, it, like I said, you, you write on Cardangla. It's one of those experiences where, you know, yes, you can spend the same amount of money and go and lie on a beach somewhere. Yeah. But that's not what you're going to be telling your grandchildren when you're 80. No, that's, that's true. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the guy was telling me that, um, you know, when they got to a point where there was mud and you would think, like, with your normal bike, you're going to battle to get through it. And, you know, like, you just put this thing into first gear and you just let it literally idle. And just the sort of the stroke of the, the engine is such that it just takes you through hazard without any issue. So amazing. I was mentioning to one of the clients that came in about the old uh, Land Rover Defenders. Yes. And I mean, they were all in production all the way up to, up to 2015. Mm. And there was a reason for it as much as, yes, there are, there are flaws with it, but they had a winning formula and it worked really well. And it's exactly the same thing here. It, it actually reminds me a lot of it in that exactly that. Mm. You let the machine do its work. You know, it was built for a specific uh, terrain for a specific reason. And if you have faith in the machine, and I learned that also with, with, with these old defenders type of thing, it literally, it's its its, it's natural habitat. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and I mean, as you said, I mean, it's, it's the reason that they use these in the Indian Army to this mm. day. Yeah. Exactly that. They're bulletproof. Yeah. So, but I mean, that's the, I mean, that's the story. I mean, that's the lovely story behind Royal Enfield is that, you know, I mean, that's how they land, landed up in India was because there had been this contract between Royal Enfield and the Indian Army, whatever, to make supply um, motorcycles for them. So they build a factory there. The company goes bankrupt in in the UK, mm-hmm. and they continue making the continue making the bike and. Fortunately, today we've still got the bikes to, to ride. So, a little bit of uh, trivia. <clears throat> Obviously, 1901 started mm. off. It is the longest running, continuously running um, motorcycle, motorcycle brand, brand in the world. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, but they did uh, do a major turnaround and revamp in the 1990s, mm. which is why we've got the bikes that we have today, which is why they export quality, which is why we can trust in them because um, prior to that, they did have a lot of issues when it came to... Um, uh, so like regulation, emissions and that exactly. kind of stuff. And are they, I mean, even in the, I think as far back as what the early 90s, I think they still had the gear shift on the right-hand side. So, I mean, that was an issue when they wanted to export them to the US because that's not allowed in the US. Correct. Yeah. So, yeah, so, and uh, the newer ones now come with ABS and they mm. come with all the, the little trimmings, but, and they, look, they do have quite a big range now, so the ones that we get in South Africa are predominantly the classic, classic mm. 500s, which is what we stock, um, and then you do get the, the Himalayan, um, mm. which is being tested at the moment for this market, um, and the GT Continental came in. Um, but I think it'll it'll perform a bit better with the new 650 engine. Um, but yeah, it's just the, the the feel of it, that old heartbeat that we spoke about. They they made the classic in that old retro styling. Yeah. And for me, it's the most interesting of the range. Mm. It, you really feel that you're on a proper motorcycle, and it's not just any motorcycle. You know, it's it's 
it's at times it'll be a little bit uncomfortable and just reminds you that hey you're on a you're on a beast here yeah you know yeah so yeah, and i mean you were talking uh, a lot of your um tours are um off-road or have a large percentage off-road i mean the exhaust is, you've still got the extended exhaust because i know in india they make the the off-road exhaust in inverted commas i mean yeah do you think that's necessary apparently it does sound a little bit better but uh, so they've actually uh, if i'm not mistaken because of the emission standards they had to actually uh, use a different exhaust okay. for the um for the export market yes. and they are a little bit quieter um but they still got the the heartbeat yeah. which is nice yeah. but yeah they're absolutely brilliant off-road if we don't yeah. we didn't have to change any, a thing well, and, and that, that's quite cool i mean we've been running these as i said for the last two odd years and we hadn't had any issues at all so oh, that's great well it's so cool you can just take them off road like you say you're riding down the tar road and you see a see a dirt road there and say okay cool let's go yeah, exactly that's and then in, especially in south africa you really appreciate that mm. you know because there's the, some of the the best scenery some of the best environment some of the 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 little towns and things you can only get to yeah on an off-road so bike you, yeah you can't do that on a normal street bike so yeah yeah so i, I must take my infield out on the dirt and see what it feels like yeah you won't you won't regret it i mean look yeah as i said uh the most important thing is don't compare it to the likes mm. of your gs's etc um allow it to be what it is yeah you know it's going to be it's going to be slower you can't travel at the same speed you but it's going to be as effective at a lower speed um and the whole idea is you not it's not about the destination it's about really about enjoying the that journey. ride yeah, yeah absolutely and that's cool awesome. anyway listen thanks so much it was really awesome to come and spend some time here and also I got to ride one on the bike so that's that's even better awesome <laughs> so, thanks cool. andrew and yeah we look forward to seeing you again and that was the end of a great conversation just to let you know all the links will be in the show notes so a link to the retro website um, for your information, if you're interested in hiring a bike when you're down in Cape Town, something we really didn't go into is that um, they've actually got a very nice little spot there in Woodstock. They've got a coffee shop. They sell Royal Enfield apparel as well. So it's worth popping in there, even if it's just for a cup of coffee and have a chat to them about hiring a bike. And that, my friends, is the end of the episode. I'll catch you next time. <music>